in, in that type of environment, you know, with the crowd screaming and you just come back from around and all that going on, I don't see the effectiveness of adding to that chaos by you, you screaming and, and then there's another corner man there. So I try to be the, the opposite of that. The Diaz fight, um, the rematch immediately like, mm. in the locker room screaming for an like did you not just see what happened? Like, yeah. there's there's handier fights out there. Like, why the hell would you chase fight Floyd? Okay, obviously it was a good payday, mm-hmm. but you're going in against an incredible boxer. So he's 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 loves the challenges. But with Conor, he can actually fight pretty much every day in the gym because he's so rarely hit. But for him to be caught like with, with just a kind of a, with a wrestler's overhand right there, that's pretty much never happens. And in all my time of seeing him, never seen him hit hit by hit with a shot like that. And you always think, is there something I can say? Because you know you got this kid that's. Not not Connor, not just Connor, but any kid. And you're like, no, it's because it's like a death. You know, it just it's going to take time. You got to mourn, feel miserable, accept that emotion, let it wash through. You can slip and catch them on your arms. They're slaps. I won't. I'm not the guy that's going to give him the Rocky speech every time he walks in the gym. Like, that'd be freaking exhausting. Have you given many of those? Never, never. I've been called the uh, the biggest Conor McGregor dick rider in the past because I've defended him. Um, so everyone who had a go at us, yeah. where's your John Kavanaugh podcast? <laughs> huh? Huh? I thought you were having a really sly dig at John. Then no, I was no, like, no. oh shit, what's going no, on? No, no, just yeah. Where's this going? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, just fuck, fuck those guys. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It, it yeah. worked. Welcome. <laughs> you did say you called me this morning and you just went. John Kavanagh's coming to my podcast. <laughs> I was like, yeah, he is, you're right. Yeah, I'm a bit of a fanboy, mate, so I'll try not to ask you everything you've already been asked before. Okay. Um, thanks for coming on, mate. It's uh, my pleasure to be here. Thank you. You flew in this morning from... Uh... Yeah, I just came straight from the airport. So I was supposed to be here for a fight. Unfortunately, that's off. And then um, I guess I got tweeted by your Irish boy. And, send, uh... send in someone you know. That's my theory. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Someone from Northern Ireland, as you said. <laughs> Northern Ireland, Waterford, it's, they're right beside each other. No, that's a private joke. Yeah. Um, but yeah, is that what your life's like now? Just flying here, there and everywhere? This week, particularly heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, four, four nights, four cities, seven fights altogether. And you're cornering these guys in every, every time? Yes. Because for me, it's like doing four podcasts uh, requires research. Like, yes. And, and you have to be prepared for this. Uh, to do a fight is even more intense, is more intense than that, and you have to be ready, game plan. You've prepared all these guys. Like, how can you possibly be armed like that many times in a week for that? Um, I, I tend to focus on on the fighter rather than their opponent. Um, mm-hmm. j- just for example, so uh, actually, your 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 Russian colleague, uh, same name, Kosti, um, he's fighting tomorrow night, mm-hmm. and he's on his thirteenth opponent. So twelve guys have pulled out in the last two weeks. So if you wow. put a huge amount of effort into guy number one, you're like, okay, he kind of moves this way, watch for his right hand. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're on guy number two now. All right, I'll do a bit of research on him. Okay, he's got good kicks. Well, we're on fight number three, four, five, six, seven. Now we're on number 13. At this stage, I'm just like, just get someone indicated him. He just needs to fight. You've had that quite a bit in your career as a coach there. Yeah, yeah uh, that's that's a particularly bad one. Yeah. Uh, I think we did see with, with Connor was some stat, it was like 50% of the time the opponent changes in his, in his career. Um, so yeah, we're... We learned early on that there's going to be someone on the other side of the cage, similar weight class. They can probably strike and grapple. Everybody that fights in MMA can do some striking and grappling. So be ready for that. If it's a really big fight, yeah, you put a little bit more time into it and just see what their tendencies are like. But to be honest, it's it's changes so often at this stage. I'm just like, okay, what what are you good at? What's my guy good at? That's what we're going to focus on. 
they might have their hopes and dreams, their opponent, mm -hmm. but that's not really important to me. We've got a good right hand, we've a good double leg, we're good at taking the back and uh, choking. That's what we're, that's what's going to happen in the contest. So, I, I, one thing I noticed about you from day one was how young you are to be uh, a coach, a teacher, and you got like people like Freddie Roach, uh, Custom Auto, like these famous coaches of the past, and uh, yeah, you are. Um, and you, you hadn't really had a huge uh, MMA career yourself, and all of a sudden you're teaching people. Um, how do you go about acquiring that knowledge without um, winning a world title yourself, for example, right. in order to deliver that to guys who want to win world titles? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it's a very new sport. So mm -hmm. it turned 25 last Monday. So everybody involved. I'm kind of I'm an old guy. We're all babies. Sort of <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and the great thing about the sport as well is it's still being figured out. What's the best way of doing things? I remember when, uh, when you remember that famous uh, when Machida uh, like Dude. crane kicked Randy Couture. Yeah. I mean, if, if a couple of years ago, if you had said a karate guy will knock out a really good wrestler with a crane kick, mm. you're, you're going to I'm a huge Machida fan. Oh, yeah? So, like, obviously I started, uh, like a lot of people did, Randy Couture, Tito Ortiz. And then when Machida came on and, like, I was a karate kid fan when I was right. a kid. I was like, Me oh, too. Daniel LaRusso's here. Yes. Like, he's in the yeah. flesh. Yeah. And he turns up and... Uh, he can't be touched. He can't be hit, and it really. Even Rogan was like, "Welcome to the Machida era." Yeah, like we all thought. I remember this that, is yeah. the style, like yeah. hit without being hit, and it's like a variation on boxing. And um, yeah, it just seemed to come in cycles, though. Like we had the dominance of a wrestler, and it does feel like with uh, Cormier, Khabib, and a lot of good wrestlers out there that that's coming back now. Do you think? Right. Uh, yeah, but it's 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 coming back with add-ons. Mm. You know, like there it it. If you look at Habib, you know his stand-up had improved hugely in in his, in his fight with Conor. If you mm -hmm. go back two or three fights, um, so yeah, it's just it's evolving all the time, and just being good at one thing or even being good at two things is not any is not good enough anymore. If you want to get to that very elite level, mm -hmm. so it's it's one of the things I do love about the sport is that you're constantly, even my uh, my guy Lee Hammond actually, he's fighting right now. I'd guess and he's fighting for the uh, the IMF uh, world title mm -hmm. in Bahrain and. In his first fight in the tournament this week, he hit a submission that's never been done before. Um, you know, the sports did that all. And if, if a, a first off, Hamo Plata, we're calling it, isn't his name is Hammond. It's a variation of an omoplata and a head and arm strangle. So, Ham my, actually, my girlfriend, I like, gave her a shout out, Orla, Orla named it a Hamo Plata, and then wow. uh, it got stolen. <laughs> like, I, I steal most of her stuff. Um, so yeah, I included it, our clothes, of course. Yeah, I've seen the pictures. Wearing, She's sponsored by Monster Energy, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's one of the things that's it's a real uh, attraction for me for MMA is that you can't you can't rest on your laurels. You can't be like, okay, we got to figure it out now. So this is what you do, and then some kid comes along and does something completely different. You're like, oh, okay, now we got to watch out for that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, always going. How do you do that? Because um, I always find it interesting when you hear athletes in all these different sports interviewed. If you football and basketball basketball guys very often now are talking about I'll pick one thing and I'll add that to my game is that a similar approach with a fight will you look at a fighter and go right let's try and add something to you to you before your fight or can you add three things at a time can you how many different things can you work on at once with one fighter yeah it's a good question um, so you've you've got your training to learn period and then you have your fighting to win period and you've got to so that that's why if, if a fighter is kind of not really in the gym much, and then he just comes in for a six-week fight camp. Not going to go too far because during that six weeks, you're fighting to win. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of polishing what you're already very good at because, look, we're, we're going to kick the legs off this guy or we're going to wrestle him or whatever we're going to do. So let's just fine-tune that game plan. Mm -hmm. You're not going to win at four, six weeks out say, okay, let's, let's add on 
boxing, which you've, which you're not really good at. Yeah. That has to happen outside of that six or eight week period. That's that's your training, uh, training to learn mm-hmm. period, and that's where you get to see if someone's going to really go with this sport because they're doing that because it's enjoyable. Mm-hmm. You, ha- you you must enjoy something if you're going to be good at it because you're going to have to do it for about ten years before you're any sort of decent skill level. Um, so it's a little bit on them. It's a little bit on the fighter. That's that's where they have to accept personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. I have a busy fight team. I'm not going. I'm not the type of coach that's like, where's uh, where's Dave today? And then I'm I'm in the office calling him. If he's in, he gets my attention. If he's not, he doesn't. Um, so yeah, it's it's a little bit on the on the fighter. And then Dave got to be when their fight's over, when their contest is over, back in the gym. Okay, let's analyze what we did there, what we did well, what we what we need to work on. And okay, you're. You, I've never seen you really go for takedowns. Let's let's spend a four, six week, or three month period working your single legs. That's how, that actually sounds quite enjoyable. Like sort of looking at something. It has to be. Yeah, it has to be. If it's if it's not enjoyable, then you won't do it enough. I can. I'm actually putting together. I'm doing a talk next week about motivation, and it's a little bit of talking about that. That the idea of motivation is is kind of nonsensical because I could motivate you to do something short term. Um, you know play a rocky montage and get you fired up but tomorrow then you're going to have to find something that's it's going to have to be something else other than like a cool mm-hmm. 80 song that got you moving you're going to have to enjoy it um, because anything worth doing you know being a really good musician or a good fighter or a good artist or in a successful business it's going to be daily effort for 10 years it doesn't seem to be avoidable you know, even Lee Hammond. I've just I've, looking back over so many of my fighters. Lee Hammond was with me ten years this year, and he's fighting for his world title. Mm. And I'm Connor was with me ten years. He fought for his first world title. Um, Is that the magic years. number in your it mind? It seems to be. Yeah. It seems to ten thousand hours, kind of. Yeah, yeah. It, it seems to somewhere fall in, mm. in that. Now you get the odd freak. You know, Gunnar Nelson was a competitive black belt after less than four years training. I really disliked that guy because I was 12. <laughs> I was really 12. I, I was 12 years trying to get uh, any sort of decent level. Um, but, you know, there's always going to be outliers. But if you look at the bell curve, the, the meat of the population, if you're sitting down and you're saying, right, I'm going to get really good at guitar, you know, I'm going get, to get, be able to play guitar to a very high level. Um, right? Get ready for daily effort for mm-hmm. 10 years. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to be what we're talking about. So from the teaching perspective, like... What is it that drew you to that then? Is there a reason why you wanted to go into that? Yeah, so um, I was always a teacher. I, I, I love teaching anything. I taught my mother how to use her computer. And uh, when I was in uh, university, I was studying engineering and maths. Mm-hmm. And um, like when it came close to graduating, I was thinking, well, what do I want to do? I, I came close to moving to Boston. I was down to the last two for a job with Boston Scientific, which would have meant moving to Boston. and. I would have never really done MMA or any of that world. Wow. Um, That's problem solving as well, though, uh, weirdly, which kind of is jujitsu, I guess. Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. Because uh, like, I, I, I sometimes, like, it annoys me that I put five years, into, five years into being an engineer. Like, I wish I had done sports science mm-hmm. or business or accountancy, something that would have been useful for what I do now. Mm-hmm. But... Then you could have charged Connor double. Yeah. All right, man. I'm your fucking accountant he's as well. In the, he's in the side going, right. great, Connor. I'm right. taking 40% next yeah. fight. Um, yeah, so uh, when, I, when I graduated, I decided, um, well, that's, I opened my first gym. Mm-hmm. But I was, I was in between going back and doing um, HDIP to become a maths teacher. Um, I, I, just, I just really love teaching. I love, I love that moment where you see someone's eyes kind of, you know, kind of go, oh yeah, you know, to get that realization. 
Um, I still it, it get never it. ends though either, does it? Like as in, I guess uh, when you want to be world champion, there's a shelf life for when you're either going to do it or you're not. But you you could do this till you're Mister Miyagi, basically, <laughs> couldn't you? You could be that guy who's 65 and still fulfilled by this passion. I, I, I hope so. I had yeah. that. Uh, image of me being like you know Mickey and Rocky like I'm the old wizard guy in the corner like screaming at people that's not how you do it do you think you'll go that you'll think you'll go the whole way I I I could never see myself not being involved Mm -hmm. at some level maybe the high end professional end I I think that has a shelf life because it's it's very stressful and there's a huge amount of travel and it's it's wearing um but, you know, I just came from the amateur. I, I was briefly at the amateur world championships there in Bahrain, and I loved that atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Really, it's, it, I, I could see myself going to more towards that as time goes on. But sitting at home and just staring at the walls, no, I, I'd, I'd be itching to go down to the gym and hear about this new kid that's, that's doing, so, doing really well on, on, on the circuit. Let's, let's have a look at him. How's he moving? And At this point, you must have your pick of uh, talent, especially in Ireland, I would guess. Uh, is there a... The way you sort of go through things in your mind when you're looking at new talent coming through, how you decide who gets your time? Um, whoever shows up, you know, whoever shows up. And it's, I, I have a, a MMA team session every day, one o'clock. Um, it's always pretty busy, but there still is the few na- there still is the few faces that are just there all the time. And then you've got the drifters, and I've got guys that come in and do fight camps. Um, but just that person that's just there consistently. Day in, day out, day in, day out. Um, I did an interview with with, uh, with Joe Wicks and I was talking about, again, about this 10,000 hour thing and stick to itness. That's really what it comes down to. You know, you say, well, how quickly can you tell if somebody's going to be um, high level at fighting? And there's, there's definitely some early indicators. But one thing I can't answer is, is he going to be here in a year? You know, is, this a, is, he, is he on a real buzz for these three months now and just just going at it you know and you see he's good striking his wrestling's coming on he's in phenomenal shape but maybe he's a little bit injury prone or maybe he gets a new girlfriend or he finds you know he just he just drifts mm-hmm. but it's just that guy that's just stick to it in this that's just going to be doing the daily grind self-motivated as we call it, it. it has to be self-motivated because he has to enjoy it I won't, I'm not the guy that's going to give him the Rocky speech every time he walks in the gym like, that'd be freaking exhausting have you given many of those? never Never. Um, you seem quite a calm guy. Like even between rounds, I you see some uh, corner screaming at the yeah. fighter. Even uh, in the Khabib fight, I remember he had two guys screaming at him at <laughs> yeah. one point, and you're just like, "This is what we work for." Like you and you're very simple messages straight ahead. Yeah. Well, if you can imagine what must be going on, yeah, I have I fought a few times, but in that type of environment, you know, with the crowd screaming, and you just come back from a round, and all that going on, I don't see the the effectiveness of adding to that chaos by you you screaming and, and then there's another cornerman there so I try to be the, the opposite of that and um, I usually have what I'm going to say ready about 30 seconds before the round is over mm-hmm. one positive and then one thing to watch out for and then that's it because that's all you can retain in that well, what are you going to say you know you see guys in for 60 seconds and they're demonstrating moves <laughs> and getting on the floor wait watch this dude and I even see that like in warm up rooms fighters you know, the coach is teaching them a technique. I'm like, really? You're going to teach them something new? And they're, yeah, they're making the walk? what you were saying before about how there's, there's time to learn and then there's time to sharpen those tools. And when um, Eddie Alvarez was saying, oh, we're, we're changing up pads, we're doing this, we're learning this. And you're like, dude, like, you're wasting your fucking yeah, time. Man. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, even, even when I see um, 
say fighters and, and you know they pull out fight week with an injury it's just happened one of my one of my guys recently as well and you think well what were you doing fight week that was that strenuous were you sparring at that stage then we call that anxiety training that's that's because you're thinking oh five days time it's it's almost like cramming for an exam which we all did and it kind of works for for memory it works for short term you can actually cram quite well for for exams but you can't do that for a skill you know you imagine imagine you were suddenly going to be playing on Wembley Arena again I'll go back playing the piano or something like that and you're like okay well I better do you know it, you're not going to learn anything at this stage, was, and we're, we're fighting even more so. So our last two weeks is is usually pretty pretty soft training, and it's very hard. You're in your twenties. You you know you're thinking about this motherfucker. You're going to be fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the crowd's going to be there. It's very hard to hold the guy back at that stage. It must be really hard with Connor, especially because uh, when we see him in the press conference in the weigh-ins, I mean he's the most animated fighter of all time, in like I've seen. Yeah, but he has a switch. You know, he's a he's a professional. He he more than most understands that really? two week period, and um, I've been able to hold him back. You know, and certainly in his in his in his younger days when he was um, you know in his late teens and early twenties. Yeah, he just wanted to fight every day. What was his years like when you first met him and stuff? What was that like? Um, you know, I I I, I always kind of joke saying this that you know you walked in the gym and the the, the clouds open and a thunderbolt came down. <laughs> But it was just another guy, just another guy yeah. walking in the gym. Um, a few things early on that were good indicators was that he was exceptionally, he could hit exceptionally hard. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't, I'm, very, I'm really struggling to find the formula for that. Yeah. Um, I really don't want to just say that it's magic. But um, His body looks different. That, that, for me, that's my main thing is he has really long arms and really broad shoulders, but he's not a very big guy in terms of height. Yes. It's, a, it's an odd shape. Yeah, and, and heavy hitters do seem to... And then you, but then you look at a Tyson, and you're a small squat guy. Yeah. So it's you know it's technical, uh, genetic, and and then seems to be something to do with levers as well, length, length of limbs. Yeah, Varasa Hobby was saying something about uh, lengths of distance of muscle tissue where they connect and all this right. crap. And I'm just like, dude, it's all too complicated. Like yeah. you just know their chin fucking seems to shatter. Right. So yeah. so yeah, that, and I, I'm kind of like that as well. I just yeah. kind of like to know what the results are, and the results are you hit very hard. Mm. Uh, he's southpaw, so you already know that's going to be awkward for for his opponents. Mm-hmm. Very witty, very funny, very confident. That confidence was always there, even when cause yeah, you yeah, chinned yeah, him yeah. a bit or something. I read about that on your in your book. Yeah, you you chinned him, didn't you? A bit. No, no, that's 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 it's not not quite like that. Um, not on the feet, but you took him down and sort of yeah, yeah, it was yeah, yeah, a million years ago. Um, I don't want this getting clipped up, by the way. <laughs> John Kavanaugh offers yeah, Conor McGregor for yeah, the next UFC know. fight. Yeah, yeah. Twist. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we're friends now because he could certainly do a whole lot worse to me now. Um, but yeah, I, I remember like what, one of our early training sessions. Uh, you know, we, when he came to me, he was already a decent, decent boxer, mm-hmm. but he had no grappling, no, mm-hmm. no, no wrestling at all. And we we're doing a drill, and I took him down, but he wouldn't stop. And I was like, "See when your back hit the mat." That was the end of it. He goes, all right. Fast forward about six weeks or eight weeks, and we're doing the drill again. And I end up on my back. And he goes, see when your back hit the mat? <laughs> that was the end of the drill. I was like, oh, you're a fucker. So then we had that rapport very early on. And uh, his obsessiveness with technique as well, that was unusual. I still haven't really seen that since. Mm. Just constantly message me. What about this? What about that? What about this? His mind just seemed to never shut off. Never. He says he can't watch a movie because, you know, it's too long to not be thinking about this. Yeah. Um, 
you know, he's going halfway through, he's like drifting, thinking about two gorillas headlocking each other. Um, is his attention span just crap, generally? Like, in terms of other stuff, like, in terms it's not of what other he stuff. wants to talk about. Oh, he just won't. <laughs> <laughs> now he won't at all. Now you can't get him to uh, put his attention on. He doesn't, he doesn't have to. He's got mm-hmm. that FU money, as we say. Mm-hmm. Um, but then if, it's, if you're talking about a topic of interest, whether mm-hmm. that's business or, or fighting, yes, you're, you're going to have his full attention. Mm-hmm. Was there a moment back then where you were like, oh, this guy is the, the, the guy who's going to take this gym to the next level in terms of... Uh, SBGs, just global awareness or whatever. Was there a moment? Um, you know, like kind of Gunnar Nelson broke before Connor. You know, he yeah. had a couple of big wins in the UFC, <clears throat> and I was—I actually moved to Iceland. I was—I I packed up and gone, mm. and uh, I lasted about six months there. It was very dark, very mm. cold. Why did, you move, there. why did you move to Iceland? I, I just was kind of done with, with, with right. Dublin, you know, I wanted to try something new. Um, Connor just didn't seem to be able to get a break. Um, the gym, I was always just broke. Gym was never making any money. Um, I just, I, get, I, got, I got a little bit disillusioned mm. and I fell in love with Iceland when I went for a weekend every right. now and then. Then I actually packed up and moved there and it was late summer. And I, I got it past the first winter, and then I was like, "Oh God, no! I have, to, <laughs> I have to go home." And then a couple of things just happened quickly together, and one of them was him getting the offer. He got finally Sean Shelby after years of bugging him replied to my email, and and we got it. I won't say late notice. It wasn't late notice at all. We got four four months notice his his debut in in Sweden, and I thought, okay, if I can keep this guy on the straight and narrow for these next few months. Because um, he was even, I felt, starting to drift a little bit, you know, because he'd put so much into it. And again, he was just, again, that 10-year that broke entrepreneurial story where you're just every day just, I'm sure you, I'm sure you have a story getting, you know, you're in this beautiful London apartment. But Thank you, you didn't, very much. We didn't start here, right? Definitely not. We're just given this no. day one and yeah. just days where you're going, what am, what am I doing? Like, what's the point of this? Well, it's, it's that obsession for me personally of like always trying and like having moments like this is a, affirmation of like all right i am doing the right, right. thing here right do you know what i mean i'm getting people i respect on the show and stuff, right but yeah so we got that contract and then that was that oh that was another boost and i just felt if i can get him in front of dana in front of the cameras and he fights the way he fights mm. and then we ended up getting matched against a friend of mine uh well his gym it's another sbg it's like really? of all the freaking guys we could have got yeah. marcus, marcus Brimage Brimage, uh, he's probably, a good fighter too. yeah he put well, up a but good i knew but I knew what would happen. Right, we yeah. all knew. Uh, anyone that follows Connor knew knew what was going to happen. The and angles uh, he was coming in from in that first fight were it insane. was gorgeous. It's a gorgeous mm-hmm. fight. I still like watching it back. Um, yeah, and Kenny Florian called it as well. Fair play to him. Kenny, yeah, yeah, yeah he, he 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 gave us a nice shout out. We got some good sound bites out of that, and then of course the sixty Gs, baby. That was the beginning of his uh, his little sound bites. Dana. Had a very, I think Dana just seen the dollar signs very, very quickly with uh, with Connor. Oh yeah, well you can imagine as a promoter, you know, you look at this guy and he's, you know, he's he's Irish and he's again he's witty, he's charming, he's loud, and he can fight like hell. It's not like he was just a good talker and then fighting was, you know, great fighter, great talker. They don't come along very often. One thing I feel like hasn't been really appreciated from uh, the rest of the MMA world, the ones who don't like Connor, is uh, he, he he didn't have it easy at all. And a lot of people felt like there were favourable matchups. But then when you look at how good Dustin Poirier is being post the McGregor fight and um, and other other fights like Eddie Alvarez, and he really had a hard run in my mm. opinion. Um, 
the one fight I always think was like the defining moment looking back at that, that period of time was the Chad Mendes fight. Uh, it just seemed like everything was against you guys, the injury, the pullout, and uh, it all been building up this title fight. Uh, what was that night like in particular that ended with you on the cage with him? Yeah, that that was uh, one of those affirmation uh, moments. Mm. Just just really, really special, you know. Uh-huh. That was, I think, is about his 10th year with me, started with me 16, 17, mm. and I guess that's three or four years ago now. Um, words fail, you know. It's he like was the, crying at the end of that fight. Like, I think that's when... And then looking back at it, we've never seen anything like emotional from him anywhere near that. Like mm. that, that's when you know how much it meant to him. Um, how did you feel when he was on the bottom in the second round, particularly? And it's, you know, um, everyone said that you know, this is what would happen. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? not that stressed. You know, it's twenty five minutes. Mm-hmm. We 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 knew we had twenty five minutes in there. Um, <clears throat> no, I just I, I wasn't really concerned yet. You know, mm-hmm. if he had a come back in a bad way from the end of that round and then you go out round three and he's immediately taken down as well you're like well okay now, now, we, now we're looking at a scenario where he's down three rounds he's got to finish him mm-hmm. but at that stage okay you know Mendes was slowing down a little bit he wasn't wasn't massive amounts of damage and he was kind of complaining to her when, when Connor was sitting him so you could see frustrating was 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 kicking in and, and a big big part of it as well was just how much Connor was enjoying it so it's infectious you know it's one of my favourite uh, images actually where he walks out for round two and he's, he's smiling smile. at him and he's going like this and he's got a cut and when a fighter does that there's something that he does to the other fighter I remember Brock Lesnar smiling at Shane Corwin right. for the second round after Shane Corwin had wailed on him for about five minutes right that's not what you want to see is it <laughs> no. when someone's fucking smiling you're like come here then and you're like fuck oh, me I've God. just given you everything I've got it's not ideal no uh, no I, I wouldn't be fond of that nah, that was that was like a real moment for me because uh, it felt like if he wins this then then he's the real deal but I, I believed he was going to win it but it seemed like the whole MMA world was just not fully convinced yet because he, he could talk he could knock people out but the, Chad Mendes was on a higher level than anyone mm. he'd fought um, and I loved the uh, the technique he used because it's, it's, it's there's a few like highlight reels and I call it the heartbreaker mm-hmm. so I had a I have a pretty good guillotine choke and um, anytime I roll with Connor and you know as his level was getting better and better and better it got to the stage where I was very rarely able to catch him but I could get him with the old guillotine choke until this came along that he was he does this kind of crocodile roll mm-hmm. which Gunnar Nelson actually uh, come up with well, I, I'm sure it's what people have done as well. But that was the first time I'd seen, and then I showed it to Connor. I don't know why I did because then my only chance of getting him was gone. <laughs> so I used to call it the heartbreaker because I would just about have him, and he'd, he'd spin out, and then he'd be on top of me, and I'd be like, "God damn it!" And there was a, you know, there was a little clip of us training just a couple of weeks in the lead up to the Mendes fight, and we we're going over that. And then he does it in the fight, and the camera switches to me, and you see like this big ear, ear grin. He does the heartbreaker. That, that was his signature move as well. Like Mende- Mendes, you can see Rogan's like, oh, yep. it's curtains. This yep. is it. It's yeah, over. team alpha male, very good guillotines. Yeah. You look at the shape of Mendes, you can imagine the squeeze he would have. Oh yeah, very good at very good at that choke. But Connor's very good at getting out of it. And uh, he, I think he's underrated as well, kind of for that specifically, like catching him. Like in terms of people, like yeah, he's been submitted before, but generally I think it's not like a glaring weakness mm-hmm. like at all I think uh, his ground game is a lot better than what people give him credit for and his takedown defence as we're seeing in the Khabib fight like mm-hmm. even Daniel Cormier came out who basically trains with Khabib and was like McGregor did everything right pretty much mm-hmm. like it's just yeah. Khabib's just very good but yeah. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. How, that always, I always find interesting is, you know, the, the higher level you get, you know, the more likely you are to find someone who's got something that you've never come up against before or that you, you know, they've got the ultimate strength that Connor might not be able to come right. up against. How do you train someone for that? Because your guillotine isn't going to be the same as someone who, you know, is maybe the best in the world at that or something like that. How do you train someone for that and prepare them for possibly the best version of whatever they're coming up against? Sure. Um, to, to flip it around, yeah. I always wonder how people prepare for Connor. Like, how, yeah. where, how are you going to get this southpaw in that just hits so hard? Um, and it just comes down to look. You, you've got to do your best. You've got to you've yeah. got to bring in guys that have similar looks. Um, how are you going to prepare for Floyd Mayweather? You know, the greatest defensive boxer of all time. You do your best. Mm-hmm. So I, I I don't need to any uh, or nobody has figured out anyway any exact magical formula. We try to look at our tendencies. We try to create scenarios to replicate them. We try to get sparring partners to replicate their movements. And then you do your best. You win and you. you it always just strikes me you must get into the ring or someone must get into the ring at some point and sort of think I've never been hit that hard before this is the hardest I've ever been hit and he's up well, you're looking at Conor McGregor and he's just going yeah I hit pretty hard do you know what I mean <laughs> yeah opponent, some opponents have kind of admitted that that the first one is sort of yeah. jarring you know you, you get that you, like the, yeah. the kind of you, you kind of your vision blurs a little. Yeah. 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 I, f- I felt like with the Alvarez fight in particular, there was a look on his face and Alvarez is a hard, hard man. Yes. But there was a what the fuck moment. Yeah. There, yes. When yeah. he was lying on the floor like... Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. you poor bastard. Because uh, yeah. I'm a fan of uh, Eddie Alvarez. Me too. Damn. Have you ever said to Connor, just hit me as hard as you can? Sort of a, a Tyler Durden style. Uh, I don't think just, you would do that. No, I'm just like... Absolutely. What's the, what's the most you've <laughs> let him unleash on you? Do you know what I mean? Absolutely no. That's not my thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty sadistic if you do walk into a room and go, go on, just hit me as hard as you can. Well, masochistic, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, moving on from that, the the Aldo fight. Um, I felt like personally that was when we we seen a superstar born uh, because, uh, and, and what really annoyed me from a fan of McGregor because I, I kind of just took a liking to him because he's a shit talker and I like shit talkers. Um, mm. And his movement is was so unusual. But when he did that, and he predicted it as well. First exchange, this is what's going to happen. You see the pictures backstage. Like It wasn't just like talk. He, he really believed that this was going to happen very quickly. Uh, everyone calls Aldo the pound for pound number one. They introduce him as that. Joe Rogan calls him that. Everyone is accepting of that. Conor McGregor wins. No one calls him pound for pound number one at all. He didn't just win. He smoked him. And it was like, ah, that's a lucky punch. Like, was that a little bit for you uh, being team McGregor? frustrating still because you're like what do we have to do absolutely predictable <laughs> you know absolutely predictable um <clears throat> so because of that i just don't let it let it bother me mm-hmm. he's very well paid he's won some great fights he's got a couple of championship belts that that that's more than enough mm-hmm. and we get look we, yeah we we get we get a some ribbing online but we get a huge amount of support as well mm-hmm. you're your good self and Thank you. you know we get so much support so you can kind of i guess you can choose to sort of read bad comments or you can choose to read good comments mm. and I used to go through them all and it'd be kind of <laughs> what's the point it's, it's, it's not gonna it's not gonna make you feel any better at the end of the day so I tend to I'm very lucky I've got just kind of a very super low level of of celebrity in Dublin that I pretty much just stop with people saying you're doing a great job thank you or you know I liked your book or you know Connor's speeches would give me a little bit of inspiration that's the level I receive and that's the world I choose to Stay in and live in, and yeah. it's it's 
it's mostly positive so yeah and I do want to talk about like a lot of your other fighters and stuff like that uh, so I don't mean to just kind of kind of kind of, kind of but obviously this is sort of something I've wanted to ask you for a while so I apologize <laughs> for that it's understandable um so for me as a fan of Connor, um, when he fought Nate, uh, that was obviously supposed to be the lightweight fight. It got cancelled, and then next thing you know, he's fighting a fucking welterweight. Huge Nate Diaz, but it did feel like knocking Josie Aldo out as easy and as quickly as he did uh, was probably the worst thing that ever happened to Connor's fight career, in my opinion, from a fan because he he looked so fucking confident in that Nate fight, walking in like I'm just gonna fucking tear through this guy and. Uh, when you watch that first round, he isn't picking his shots anywhere near as carefully, and he he's being very wild and just expecting him to go. And uh, although he, he underestimated Nate, and everyone did, I think. To be fair, Nate showed what a fighter he is in that fight. But uh, was that we we've seen the documentary? We see how quiet it is in locker room afterwards. Was that one of the most humbling moments of uh, the career of you guys as a team? Um. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, every loss is, you know, miserable on, mm, on, on the day. You know, there's there's no... I, I've tried... I, I've done, I think, close to a thousand fights maybe at this stage. And, wow. You know, plenty of losses in there. And you always think, is there something I can say? Because, you know, you got this kid that's... Not not Connor, not just Connor, but any kid. And you're like, no, it's because it's like a death. You know, it just it's going to take time. they got to mourn. And yeah. there's, no, there's no point in trying to skip that. Don't you worry about that. You're going to get him next time. No. <clears throat> Feel miserable accept that emotion let it wash through you and it'll pass in a couple of hours you know or, or a day or two at most I say I usually lock myself in a dark room and eat a lot of chocolate for a day but then you get you step out of the room yeah I can mm-hmm. say after the Khabib fight you were pretty wounded on the Rogan <coughs> podcast yeah, up, upset almost a little bit I, I could see that behind yeah it. of course yeah. of course I'm not a robot and I'm not going to pretend that they didn't irk me a lot mm-hmm. and of course I still now have moments where you Damn it! Fuck why did we, we do this? Yeah. Why did we do that? But you, do, you can't live in that world, and I, and I certainly don't because you know we have great wins, and I don't spend months. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? You know because <laughs> that's look, what me to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm the next weekend with another kid yeah. on another show, and you've just got to get ready ready for that. And uh, Connor's always been, a, a, I think, really really good at handling losses because you know I, I I think the job the role of a coach early on with a fighter. In, in any sport, to be to be honest, is to is to create an environment where it's safe to have lots of little failures, have loads of little failures every day. Have little failures in your gym, little losses. In jujitsu, it's very apparent because you have to tap out. That's a loss, you know. In boxing, you you get hit. In wrestling, you get a takedown. And get comfortable with that, and understand actually, if you don't have lots of little failures, you're never going to improve. I have some guys that when they join my fight team, you know, maybe they've come from a smaller team or their skill level isn't quite there yet, and they're just getting you know they never have any real success every time you try something they, they lose and it can make them really down I say well the only thing worse than losing all the time in the gym would be winning all the time in the gym if you're in a, if you're in an environment in your gym where failure and losses is, is not part of your daily routine you should probably look at trying to expand or trying to bring in someone who can do that to you so if early on before the the bright lights are shining you're in a you're comfortable with those multiple failures and losses and you see what they actually do for you and that they make you improve. Fast forward a decade and you learn you can handle major traumatic mm-hmm. losses and failures and you know what to do. You know to hold your head up. Everybody has stumbles and um, accept it. See what went wrong. Improve it. And it's one of my favorite 
stories that 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 lost to Nate and and then the form on training and then coming back in the win. I love, you know I get asked to go to schools and give talks and stuff like that. And I talk a lot about that and um, that journey and and you know he could have he could have ran the other way. He could have pointed his finger and blamed people, but no, took it on the chin, made the adjustments, went back in, and then you know it was a nice fairy tale ending that we that we won. Um, it's all your whole ethos is win or learn, isn't it? I right. Guess. So that breathes life into that best-selling book. Yeah. And um, we'll put that makes in the a great stocking seller. In, uh, we'll put that in the description. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting though because I listened to it's actually a Conan O'Brien podcast yeah. yesterday, uh, and he was saying some people learn the wrong things from a win, some people learn the wrong things from a loss, and it's about finding the right thing to learn. Have you picked that up along the way? Because obviously, when you have a win that feeling you almost want to leave it all behind and be like well, we, we won we did it all right but that's yeah. not always the case is it yeah you know it's it's hard getting to get to the top and it's a lot tougher staying at the top yeah so yeah you've got to try and maintain that beginner attitude and and and, and always be trying to improve yourself and learn um it's not easy mm-hmm. um but that's just a constant kind of battle that you have with yourself um but yeah if you don't you'll be passed by how that's, do you get a fighter or you know, some, someone who is a Conor McGregor, someone who's such a big personality, someone who maybe publicly acts, you know, they've got everything worked out. How privately do you cultivate a mentality where you are learning with him? Mm-hmm. How do you do that? Um, again, like, you know, the training environment, you know, Conor is, loves going against guys who are better than him. You know, like D- Dylan Dennis is, is higher level jujitsu than, than Conor. Mm-hmm. That's just a fact. And he will tap Conor a bit when they're rolling. And he, but he keeps jumping in there. He doesn't want to go with some guy that's mm-hmm. not any good to him. Like, why the hell would he chase fight and flight? Okay, obviously it was a good payday. Mm-hmm. But you're going in against an incredible boxer. He chased the Habib fight after two years outside the cage. Why, why the hell would you do that? I wouldn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. So he's, 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 he loves the challenges. He loves going in against guys that, um, who... He loves training in, in those type of environments where he is going to have mm-hmm. small failures and, and sit back and say, what do I, you know... I think especially for Connor, he gets frustrated. He actually will get kind of pissed off if his partners are not putting it on him. He really wants to feel that uh, pressure. So um, it's not really something that I have to put a huge amount of effort in. It kind of just happens. Do you know with this uh, young lad, you've got Gallagher. Yes. Who uh, showed a lot of talent and uh, got he got knocked out recently in Bellator. Uh, what was it like talking to him after that? Did you take some of those lessons that you've learned with Connor and use them in bringing them back up. and that's you know I'm very lucky that I have such a strong person like that in the gym that the likes of Gallagher has seen what he did after mm-hmm. you know he's had a couple of losses you know Duffy loss Sidnikov loss the, mm-hmm. obviously the Nate loss um, so you kind of have to just go see remember what he did mm-hmm. <laughs> you know you don't have to go through it all again but, but Gallagher is you know I think he was 20 or something when that happened and, but he's got an what is it old head and young shoulders oh yeah um, he seemed to deal with it really well mentally. Fantastic, you know, and, and he was seven and zero going into that, and uh, it, it is, you know, the, getting rid of that O is, is always is always a tough one. And as a coach, you're always kind of like, well, what will what will they do with this? Are they, are they going to, um, you know, have a kind of a diva fit and, and just leave, or mm-hmm. are you going to? You, you never quite know because it's it is. Oh, no. I, I figured what way it would go, you know. Have you that, ever been blamed from that from a fighter before? <clears throat> Had an argument or whatever after um, a fight. I don't know. No, I haven't. No, thankfully, no. Um, Do you think that's the relationship you build with them, where it's not about that dynamic? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think as well, like if you genuinely put everything into the contest, if you prepare it as best you can, you go in there and you have a good fight. I, I don't, the loss is not as traumatic. Mm. You know, you kind of like, well, better guy won on the line. What are you going to do? If you've got well paid and relatively injury free and we can be back in the gym next week, mm-hmm. we can't really ask for a huge amount more than that. And with Gallagher, yeah, he came backstage and he kicked chairs around and had a little breakdown, which is absolutely normal. And then the next day you smile and like, ah, all right, here we go. You know, let's, what did I do wrong? Give me, give me the breakdown. What am I going to do? How am I going to improve on that? You know, like when Gallagher was 15, he moved down from um, the north of Ireland. He moved down and lived with me, dropped out of school and lived with me for a couple of years. So we would have daily conversations. You know, we would come back from the gym and just be chatting into the night. So I kind of probably had more contact with him than, than pretty much any of my fighters because we just had that relationship, kind of big brother relationship. So I wasn't surprised how he reacted to it. Sorry, am I? I'm always interested in the dynamic between, you know, someone who is, um, because essentially you're a, you're a partner, but you're also someone who's teaching them something. You're someone who's trying to take them on a journey. And sometimes, you know, the classic narrative is that, uh, you know, the, the mentor becomes the, the guy who learns in the end of those, you know, the dynamics always changing between the person who's teaching and the person who's being taught. Right. How do you, is it, do you try and cultivate the same dynamic with every fighter or are you tailor making that to each fighter? Because to me, that strikes me as a really hard thing. And a lot of teachers go through that. They have to find the right way to teach. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that relationship just takes time. You know, there's, there's no way to rush it. We do get a lot of inquiries from fighters and, um, you know they're, they're training somewhere else and they're like they have a big fight in two weeks time they message can I come in and, and, and prepare for the fight I'm like no yeah. what am I going to do in two weeks it's not some secret magic move mm. that we have that, that, that others don't and then that goes for any gym it's, it's time in and a relationship between a fighter and a coach takes a long time to build that level of trust um, I don't see any way of like there's actually when I was in Tel Aviv a couple of nights ago and my guy was calling a, a technique he was calling a choke he was like was about to tap he put his hand up to tap and the way he was positioned he could actually catch my eyes so I was able to like physically show him what to do but that took a lot of trust for him to do mm-hmm. what I was telling him because he was going unconscious and thankfully wow. oh, yeah thankfully it worked out he, he escaped and he went on to win the fight um, I drifted there what the hell was the question uh, the, building that relationship and sort of and because it, I, I guess what I was trying to get is how adaptable you are as a, a teacher yeah sorry yeah, I, I, yeah. I, yeah so I do think it's the coach's job to adapt, you know, because the the, the fighters are going to have different personalities and different mm. needs, and some I'm a drill sergeant with and need that, some I'm 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 more passive and and just creating the environment for them to be able to figure things out themselves. Mm. Um, yeah, you 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 have to just put in that time, and you've got to hang out with them. You've got to see what they like to read, what the TV they like. You know, it's it's it, 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 like I said, there, there's no quick formula mm. it, it's time get to know them get to know their personality experience different scenarios with them and then you sort of learn okay one trick I have actually is that I try to get all of my fighters to corner with me for right. at least one fight because then I can usually see what they want right, right? so if I see them backstage and they're getting the guy motivated come on you're gonna, you're gonna smash this guy there's no way I'm kind of looking at him going ah so he likes that yeah maybe he maybe they're super quiet backstage okay he probably just likes quietness yeah you know so 
that's that's one little thing I have, one little sort of trick almost I have to Which see. Which is interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it's like doing, you see and what they do. They and, will yeah. corner in the way that they want to be cornered. Yeah, which is really interesting. I mean, I, I guess we have a similar <clears> relationship <throat> in that sense. Like, uh, we're, we're like, a base, I think me and you are like him and Connor. Yeah. If that makes sense. Which one's which? He's the calm um, one. <laughs> oh, right, yeah, <laughs> sure. Um, because we, with the way, we were sort of thrown into the fire when we went away. We went on a football trip three really intense days oh, God. and I had no idea how to direct Brian and I, at that time I was typing myself around as a director and I was I had no idea how to direct you so I was going let's just get into this scene and you were like what are we doing I was like come on we know what we're doing and now having been directed by you and having directed you more we have a much better working relationship oh, yeah. and I think we trust each other a lot more trust yeah and trust takes time you, but, and, you can't claim to trust somebody after a day yeah you're, exactly you're lying yeah or yeah. crazy um, <laughs> or, or both uh, yeah or both but it, that, I find that so fascinating as well especially with you've written a book on it like do you for me what I'm trying to get at is that like how much of the psychology are you thinking right I need to do this in order for him to react like this and then we're going to get to this stage or is it more intuitive as a process for you um, and do you want them to know that process or do you <laughs> want them to be completely oblivious to it because that's a tricky way of balancing yeah I, I, I think I know your question Like, and there is times where I know that if I tell someone to do something they probably won't Yeah. but if I can make it make them think it's their idea then they will oh so, you know. funny. <laughs> funny that <laughs> what you have a story about this our oh, <laughs> oh, life's like that yeah <laughs> No, I'll no. go, uh, should we get a nice new flat at the top of a tower block? A few days later, Lawrence, I was thinking we should get a nice new flat at the top of a tower block. That's a great idea, Brian. That's a fantastic idea. Um, so, uh, <laughs> that wasn't I'm pretty sure you don't have to have those chats with Connor. Uh, no. He's a good spender. From yeah. What I've seen. yeah. Uh, which, like, looking, moving on throughout his fight career, you, well, you had the Mayweather fight, which to me was just like, it was what it was. Do you know what I mean? Like, it would have been great if he'd won it. And so, actually, when I look back at that, I think to myself, like, because you have your what ifs as a fan of a, a football team or a fighter or whatever, and I think to myself, what if he'd hung back at the start and sort of, or was just like, well, you're the boxer, come on then, beat me up, you know? And instead of having to go out there and put put it on him, because Con, Con has a counter puncher, and if he and when he did land, it was a counter punch that landed on me. Did have you thought about that as well? Of course, of yeah. course, and he because well, he agrees that. with your assessment yeah. more or less. Um, I, I have no interest in, in, in going into boxing. It was a one-off. Yeah. Um, it's just not the sport for me. I love mixed martial arts. I have a huge amount of mm. time and respect for it. But that was a big thing I took away from it, that the, the, the boxing game seems to be, there's almost like three acts in a 12-round fight. You get the first four rounds. It's almost like a feeling out process. Mm. The middle four rounds, which seems to determine who's going to win or lose. And then the final four rounds, which is usually just a finale, you know. Mm-hmm. And we... we put a huge amount into the first four rounds which you know I think I think in the in round one I don't think Mayweather even threw a punch he might have thrown one yeah. and you compare that with, with Connor's output so he's a wily veteran it was, oh, it, he's was, a bastard. It, was it was a pleasure to um, <laughs> to be a part of it and to see I mean, a, a you see real, what he's doing now with this little bloody yeah. where's he from Japan this kid mm-hmm. Tenshin Nakamura I think his mm-hmm. name is right uh, that's back on now that's back on now uh, yeah I've seen that yeah I don't know what the is it just pure boxing or is there uh, some it will be boxing just yeah. pure he's boxing he's not going to anyone kicking him in, in this lifetime does he get paid for the press conferences because this would be a really genius way fights said, on fights off fights on fights off 12 press conferences later you're a millionaire no he said he's already he's been paid like 10 million just for the press conference or some shit like well, that I'd yeah. call the fight off and on if I if that was yeah. what was going on um 
it's a bit embarrassing for. Uh, I guess for me with McGregor, there was there I'll was. Give you a funny one. I had a, a a guy message me just a few days ago, and a Chinese kickboxer wants to do wanted to do three rounds of Connor for five million. Wow. <laughs> You say yeah, I'll put it to him. And, and he was going to put it in escrow. Like, it wasn't like he was just... Because yeah. they get a million messages like that yeah. a day that you just don't pay attention. But this guy was connected. And it was, you know, it was a legitimate offer. But I, I know he wouldn't. You must get so many... Like you say, you must get a million... Yeah, like I said. Just tell him, I know a YouTuber. He'll turn up. Yeah. <laughs> we'll split it. He'll split the shit out of you as well. <laughs> yeah. It just, but you get the odd, the odd funny message That's like that. Does. And like I said, it was a genuine. I, I know the boxing yeah. promoter uh, well. And he's very well known. So he wasn't going to come with an offer that wasn't legitimate it's funny because there's a Chinese guy who wants to fight you for 20 quid in the back alley but I don't know if you're down for it <laughs> that was That's, just because of a takeaway yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah we had that we had that moment and it was it was iconic in that um, but coming back in to Khabib um, I've watched the Khabib fight a few times now and I really feel like he could have won that fight even even though he had two years off uh, I, I felt like when Rogan talked to you about it, he was like, does he really deserve uh, a rematch after it was so dominant? And I, when I looked back at it, I was like, not really. I didn't think it was that dominant of a fight at all. But I, but in the moment, you get carried away with the emotions. These two titans are going head to head. It feels that way. But uh, correct us if you think I'm wrong, but I felt like, like round one was uh, not really a lot happening. Round two could be, I feel like it's fair to say got lucky with that punch because... In 99 fights, I don't think Khabib uh, will make that again, like that overhand right, and, mm-hmm. and that really gave him the round. Uh, but even still, after that, the worst round that Conard probably had in the UFC, he still won the third round, um, and obviously he got the takedown in the fourth. But uh, do, do you now, looking back at that, feel uh, an immediate rematch is like the way forward for Conor? Um, First part first. Um, so yeah, the fight, I don't, massively disagree with anything you said there I don't think it was a lucky punch mm. I think if you throw a punch you mean it to land and it landed um, so you know credit where it's due mm. um, but yeah that, that was a was a it was a shock you know he, I hadn't really seen that kind of style of, of well, shot yeah. from him and when, when I say lucky so hard to hit. he's not that's not Khabib's I, game I, what I, I know mean. I, I, yeah. I, I definitely know what you're saying mm-hmm. uh, I also <laughs> know about Twitter here you'll get for saying okay. that okay <laughs> um, but Connor's so hard to hit in the gym like mm-hmm. he just very rarely like when you're training fighters it's 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 tough it, okay so the, the best training for fighters is fighting now the problem with that is is that it's hard on your body so you can't just fight all all day every day because you're you're taking punishment mm-hmm. but it would be the ideal way to train because it gets you very skillful very fast so we have to come up with games to sort of mimic that blah blah blah, blah. but with Connor, he can actually fight pretty much every day in the gym because he's so rarely hit so that's I think that's, that's actually why he got so good um so fast but for him to be caught like with, with just a kind of a with a wrestler's overhand right there that's pretty much never happens mm-hmm. and in all my time I've seen him I've never seen him hit, 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 hit with a shot like that um, and you, but if you, again even in the fight half a second later he spun him on the fence and he landed his own knee and he actually got so, up at the end of the second round <coughs> back to his feet from a takedown after yeah. such a bad round yeah um, yeah that, that, he did well there uh, uh, then round three he he won it on, on all the judges' cards. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel it. like that the, this fight for me hinged <clears> on two things. Um, I felt like that right hand was huge for for Khabib confidence and everything just went through the roof. Belief, and then he got the, got the yeah. takedown. Yeah. And it sort of sent him on the path of yeah. probably winning the fight. But also, um, 
I felt like Connor lacking that sharpness in the third round that he usually has to where when you're on the feet with him, like, uh, and, and one of the things that surprised me, obviously that's two years off, that'll happen, but when he just walked towards Khabib flat-footed at the start of the first round, uh, me and the boys were watching the fight, and I'm like, he doesn't. He doesn't just walk towards anyone. Was was there a reason for that? He just. He, he did want to feel the clinch early. Mm. You know, um, we had maybe slight disagreements on <clears throat> on the on the strategy, but he did want to feel that. Um, he looked like he was going to walk the dog. Yeah, he was just like, come on, <laughs> let, let, go for your takedown. Let's uh-huh. let's feel the clinch. And, yeah. and he had actually a great moment in that in, in the openings of that takedown exchange. You know, he actually ended up on top. Mm-hmm. And then Khabib did a great job of, of, of reversing it, eventually ending up on top. But it was just, it was, I don't know, again, this is a competitiveness. If you, you know, if the guy's great at kicking, all right, well, let's exchange kicks. Let's see what, let's see what that feels like. You're great at, whatever area you're great at, let's, right, come on, mm-hmm. let's show me, show me. So I think that's what, it, I think that's what he was wanting that's to ego, feel. That's isn't it, a little bit, do you think? Um, I think it's just, it, it's almost just like it's interesting to him. Yeah. Right, well, everybody talks about it, let's... Let's do it. Let's like let's feel it. You know, I don't know if it's ego. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think it's curiosity. Yeah. It sounds you know? like a really interesting mentality there, mm. because a lot of people's immediate reaction to anything painful is I'm going to avoid that. Right. Even fighters are like right. I'm going to try and avoid a punch. Right. Whereas Connor goes the other way and goes, yeah. Let's try it. Well, it see it, if I not his, like his attitude it, is different to other yeah. fighters. Like uh, I feel like a George Saint Pierre has uh, made a great career out of putting the fight where he is going to win it, guaranteed almost. Whereas Connor's attitude seems to be, let's take the bull by the horns. Yeah. Uh, maybe not the best way to do it. I don't know. Um, would you change that? If you- I suppose if yeah. you look at his results he's gotten, it's, you know, two-weight world and two-way champion in Cage Warriors and two-way champion mm-hmm. in UFC. He's done all right. That's why people love him as well. He's this, done he's, all right. He's not a... Fighting's a brave sport, but he is one of the, in my opinion, one of the braver guys for taking on the challenges he does. Incredibly courageous. You yeah. know, I, I do joke about the, the, the Diaz fight, um, the rematch immediately like, mm. in the locker room screaming for it. And I'm like, did you not just see what happened? Like, yeah. there's, there's handier fights out there. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a terrifying individual. Um, Can I get your opinion on one thing um, that, because he broke this down on Instagram and a lot of people felt like one of the lines was directed about maybe about coaching or I don't know you can shed some light on it he said um, I gave my attacking grappling no respect to defense minded lessons listen to nobody but yourself on your skill set you are the master of your own universe I am the master of this and I must take my own advice mm. was that was that about his game plan or was that just general um, the honest answer is I don't know. I mm. haven't actually spoken to him about that. I haven't really seen him since the fight. To be mm. honest, I've been just Busy. hit the ground running. You know, I've got I've got so much on, and he's doing his whiskey tour of uh, <laughs> whiskey tour of the world. It's actually sold out worldwide. Yeah. It's crazy. Anyway, um, I, yeah, I don't know. You're gonna ask me to get in the mind of another human, and I, I, and I can't do it. I, I guess he said what he said, and mm-hmm. you'd have to uh, when. Get him as your as your next guest. Fingers can, crossed, there. Eh? You'll have to ask him. You got his phone number. Um, I've got five million. Fans does, it, <laughs> does it? Um, does it? Because obviously that's not a question where we're trying to draw you out. But does it? But bother you from the outside where people make their assumptions about what Connor's saying and goes, he's having a go at his coach there. He's doing this. Yeah. Does that bother you, or is that yeah. just like Casper the friendly goes? 
What's Casper the Friendly? Uh, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we're we're we. You know, we have to spotlight on us somewhat. Um, I'm eternally hugely grateful for the life that Connor's pretty much given me, and we it, it was back and forward. Hmm. Um, but part of that is that we're he's an interesting person. People mm. people want to talk about him. Mm. Um, so, again, just completely predictable. He puts out a, 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 a long message like that. Of course, it's a very long message. Of course, it's going to... Um, yeah. I appreciated his honesty, though, from breaking it down mm. because Yeah, I fan, thought it was actually great for the fans to see yeah. his mindset. Because right. he, he normally... Like, that's usually what I get. I got something similar to that. <laughs> I had a joke saying after the Elder fight, I got a message like that yeah. about what everything that he did wrong and things he wants to improve on. I was like... 11 seconds and he was, yeah. <laughs> you know you did you did pretty well uh, but that, that's it was I actually read that and I was like that's cool I'm, I'm actually glad to see people are getting a little yeah. glimpse at the way he very, the way he very honest with himself very honest you know um, not as arrogant as what everyone seems to think uh, yeah you know, you know he, he's so many great sound bites and he's got that one about being uh, confident in preparation but always humble in victory or defeat I really like that one um, and that's how he is he goes into contest right. fully 100% Believing he's going to win, mm-hmm. like he says, you can you're you're going to feel something. So why not feel like a world champion? Um, do, you, do you know with a long with a long write up like that? I'm just wondering, uh, would you have written that out to him when he did the bus incident by any chance? <laughs> you know, like maybe when you got on the plane at Ireland, and then some point in the middle of that, or it, like I'm just watching, thinking there's no way John Kavanaugh's on that plane. Mm. We knew that you weren't involved in that ring. I, I got barred from it, and I was like, I was in Budapest. Yeah. Was, <laughs> don't pin that one on me. Yeah. Yeah. No, no one would have thought that you'd be. I, like that was the first thing I thought was, what would John Kavanaugh think of this? <laughs> so oh, what Jesus. were you, what were you thinking when that happened? You know, there's I I can't help but be have admiration for if you know at the end of the day him and Artem are mates they're two mm. blokes that are friends and he saw his friend being um, if you want to use the term bullied or or, or, or whatever where you you know the videos are there people mm. can make up their own minds on it and the, to have a mate that goes Roy I'm getting on a plane and I'll, not, not that he knew what was going to happen but just to, to back up his friend just mm-hmm. to, be, to be there for him and um, yeah okay look he's you, you, we, we can all be perfect uh, bastions of morality and sit back and clutch your pearls and go oh my god I wouldn't have done anything like that but just if you if look at it as the two mates and, and and just going over to make sure his mate was okay check on his mate whatever happened happened um, I can't help but be have a little bit of in fact I'm not I'm not, I'm not going to lie to have a lot of admiration mm-hmm. to, to see him um, making sure his friend is okay shout out to uh, the greatest of all time Autumn Lobov the goat the goat the goat one thing that did strike me about that fight which you were talking about the actual fight the technique all those (coughs) things was the culture clash between the two camps the two completely different approaches Mm -hmm. I'm wondering how because we were watching on TV I honestly still don't think you ever get and it's impossible almost to get the atmosphere inside an arena through a television was that a different feeling that night specifically Mm. in the air not really, you know. I mean, when you when when it's a, when it's a McGregor fight, there's just a palpable tension in the air, mm-hmm. and that's if he's facing Poirier or Holloway or or Habib. Um, mm-hmm. So no, there's always that walk out, and it's always intense, and you know you're looking around, and it's just the front row is always just like major stars, and um, so no, I didn't get any real feel from from the opposing corner. Actually, it's funny. I was at a fight last night. Um, Keen Kelly and Habib and his father were 
sitting there watching it. Right. So that was what was that like? Did you give him a wave. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, lads. All right, boys. Fancy a knock? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't actually see him. But but look, he's seen you. <laughs> he's just gl- glaring at you from the from this rafters. <laughs> the eagle ready to pounce. Um. Yeah, I'd like I would like to hope that this is all just kind of moving on, you know. I just mm-hmm. I don't know. at the end of the day, I'm I'm into this for sport. I, I love the sport. Things got a little bit out of hand on that, and I just want to move on. I just want yeah. to move past yeah. it. Well, I'm at a, I'm at a show every weekend, mm. and I want to be able to look. Let's build interest in the fight because that seems to be a way of making sure both athletes are well paid. Mm-hmm. So build interest in the fight, train hard, step in there, give it everything you have. It's good. One hand is going to be raised. And then have a shake at the handshake at the end because I almost feel like fighting. Like let's say if you want to say uh, pick one organization like the UFC, we're like a traveling circus. We go from town to town. It's the same faces at all all of them. The same few camps, few coaches, fighters. We all need each other, mm-hmm. you know. Um, oh, very much so. I feel like that is crystal clear from Conor's career. Josie Aldo mm. would never have. He would not be known by so many more people if he hadn't had the perfect arch rival in Connor. Right. Yeah. Um, so I just want the kind of that it's done. Well, I'll do two more questions yeah, on the fight then, since because I do want to move on from that one. But um, did you see the clip of him saying it's just business in the cage when they were they were clinched against the cage, and Khabib says something and Connor says it's only business. Mm. Did you see that? Um, I, I, yeah, I've seen I've seen the clip. I didn't quite hear if that's what he said, or uh-huh. I haven't spoken to him about it. Uh-huh. I, I, I don't know. Well, he seems well, that that's Connor's but nature. That's what he does about it. You know, it's like what what uh, what would have happened if Connor had a one? Do you think? Do you think he would have? He would have just yeah. You know what I mean? He's had his wins, he's had his losses, and it's always at the end. Like all right, well done, congratulations, and, and you move is, on. Is the could be fight uh, the the next one that you'd want, or would you want someone else? Cowboys I want mentioned. I want one that that has Connor fired up. Um, if you're to put a gun to my head and say you choose the next fight, it'd be Nate Diaz, the trilogy uh, for the one sixty. You love that. that fight, don't you? Love it. Yeah, I've seen it's, 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 a, it's a great fight. They 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 match up so well. I think even just personality wise, they, mm. they match up very well. Stylistically, it's a it's a really nice fight to watch. You know, I still watch that five rounder back every now and again, and and the first fight as well. It, it was enjoyable too. Um, so that that's that that be that that be for me. Mm. But it would have to be the one if Connor was to like burst into the gym in the morning, be like, "The Poirier fights back on," you know, we're doing a rematch, and and I could see that in him, this mm. fire. I'd be like, okay, great, because I just love watching Connor fight. Mm-hmm. I love training him and training with him. It's it's a it's a good buzz in the lead up. I love watching. It, 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 you know, I get the best seat in the house to watch him compete. He's got such nice fluid movement in, in striking and his grappling so who his dance partner is, is is not massively important to me it's the one that I see Connor light up because that's it's almost his biggest challenge now because it's you know he still enjoys the negotiation with the UFC to get a few that's more true. zeros on a check but it's not really what's going on. like what what could he buy with if he gets another 50 million that he can't buy in hell like you know so um, was was the motivation um, post Mayweather money uh, an issue? Like in training for? I mean, obviously he's the Khabib bad blood seemed to boil a bit, but was that the same Connor in training for that fight as it was for Alvarez and Nate Diaz? Was it pretty much the same, or was the yeah? Like the the great thing about say the Eddie fight, you know, which I think is one of his best performances Amazing. of all time, is if you look at that year we had, you know, 
um, he, he had the, the loss and then he went insane training for four months for, for Diaz and then we pretty much came straight out to that into another couple of months of tough training and then he went in against Eddie he just looked I just thought he looked fantastic in that and um, we didn't have that type of year mm. between the, the the Floyd fight you know he's his case you know his whiskey deals bubbling away in the background he's been at that for years now it, it only broke recently but he's been at it for years he's putting a lot of time into that and you know the kid and he's oh yeah other interests in, in his life so he didn't you're just not going to be able to keep up that level of intensity mm-hmm. that we had in, in the other one now it's not in any way trying to make an excuse or anything like that and when and when the fight was made he was he was all in and we trained hard um but yeah the, life changes though life changes yeah. Yeah, especially with a son right completely and another one on the way now yeah, yeah another one on the way I mean, um, the swimmers are working we can confirm that <laughs> Strong. Yeah. What about um? So there's Dylan Dennis, who's definitely a charismatic lad and uh, unbelievable. That's on one the, way to put it. On, on, unbelievable on the ground. I love how he trolls. Like I think he's he's got the potential to be a huge name in the game as well already. Um, his debut, uh, he looked great on the ground, but on the feet he did get caught um, mm-hmm. quite badly a couple of times. What was your assessment of that? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Look, he, he's. His his stand up is nowhere near where his his grappling is, mm-hmm. um, but his, that that guy was no joke. You know, it's, it's you, you, you could, I could have put you know Bellator sent me a list of names and you could pick an orthodox guy that's kind of tall and lanky and then you can just get underneath his hands and and, and get a body lock. But this guy was a short, squat, powerful. Um, oh, you had a hard hit on him as for right. sure. Yeah, the fact that Dylan. I think that that punch could have knocked Dylan out. Actually. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what we said when we watching it back. Weren't right we? on the side like, of yeah. the dome, like I mean, right. he caught him perfect, and he's still awake. Like yeah. So if you want to say from a coaching point of view, you, you look at it and you go, um, "Great, you know this guy can take a shot. He's not gun shy. This and you know you're never quite sure how someone's going to react to like a really powerful shot like that because you don't want to do that in the gym too mm. often. You're going to be much of a conversation as if you're doing that all the time. <laughs> um, so. But to see it in the fight that he took the shot, he still come at the guy, put the hands up, and 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 went back in there. That's that's shown the right you know heart and attitude, and and he has that kind of yeah. fight in him. Well, he landed a few on Khabib, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, but because uh, once you have that, then I think the technical side of fighting is, is is actually pretty simple. But it's very hard to people are rare that like take a big shot like that and then still come in and are still trying to make their technique work it's a lot easier just to kind of fall apart he kept his composure he kept his composure so yeah. that that's the big takeaway from that fight for me um is he the floyd mayweather of, of boxing no no his striking is yeah. obviously way behind his grappling um but that it has to be just functional enough to get to the stage where he can have a get a hold of someone yeah because he's a very unusual modern day MMA fighter that he could literally pull guard against pretty much anybody and have them tap in, in seconds later his grappling is just ridiculous yeah. is, he, is he on like because to me like popular grapplers that we've seen in the past like Damian Maya right where would you compare him to people of the past in the UFC what level um, I honestly think he's, he's arguably the best and the reason why I say that is because um, like we're all everybody in the gym is uh, we can't wait for the Gunnar Nelson uh, Dylan Danis grapple that's going to happen oh, right. going to sell pay-per-views for that you know <laughs> Gunny Nelson has Gunny has just such beautiful grappling it's just in- incredible to watch but it's a very different style um, to Dylan so Gunny's very like uh, controlled get on top of you wear you down he feels like a freaking house has landed on you when he's on top of you 
Dylan is is much more uh, submission heavy. Just wherever you are, you're fighting out of a knee bar, and then you just about get that, and then you're in an arm lock, and you might just get out of that, then he's strangling you. Just such a heavy submission game that everywhere is just dangerous with him. You just can't put your hand anywhere How near. How's he him. so good, so young? Um, again, he's he's got a good story about um, being in a local school in in uh, in Jersey. That's where he's from. Is it New Jersey? Or Jersey? Jersey. Think so. Anyway, and he got really good there. You know, with with not much, not many training partners, kind of lower level training partners. But he always was watching Marcelo Garcia. You know, he was kind of watching him, and then eventually he got to the stage where he would um, he was traveling like I think it was like an hour and a half maybe to get there mm-hmm. at sixteen or seventeen. He would get there early, do the session. He was broke. He had no money. He'd have to just kind of hang out at a Starbucks or something, then do the evening session, and then get to train home that night. You know, three or four hours traveling every day for a 16, 17-year-old. And he just did that for years. That's that self-motivation. Self-motivation, because yeah. he freaking loved it. He didn't we've, need we've, any rocky speeches. He loved it. We've got a, a YouTuber who's been calling Dylan out. I think you might have heard of this. <coughs> Jake Paul. And he had a boxing match. Now, I really want to play the footage of the boxing match, just to get your opinion. Uh, these two are both zero and zero, okay. or amateur boxers. Well, I met a, his opponent, KSI. Right? Yeah, well, this is KSI's little brother. Yeah. Um, oh, KSI didn't fight this guy? No, no, so KSI fought his older brother. It's confusing. Yeah, Brothers. it's annoying. Th- this was a cool storyline, though. It, it, it worked well. They should have been on the tag team. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Oh, my God, um, tag team. So this is them so boxing. Good. Okay, you see that? To... Yeah. I can stretch it over here. About, yeah. So this is this guy in this white. Uh, he wants to box Dylan Dennis. He thinks he can take Dylan after watching his MMA fight. Um, what what are you saying here? How, how what what are you thinking after watching Dylan um, sparring and stuff like that? It's a shame you can't hear the great commentary. <laughs> we commented. You, you commented. <laughs> Joe Rogan, watch out. That's a joke, by the way. Before everyone kills me in the comments. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he looks, he's confident on his feet. He's got decent. Uh, he's on every Instagram post that Dylan, when Dylan puts a picture out, this kid, Jake Paul, will comment, I would smash you. So right. like, I, the the one thing that he doesn't have is that he doesn't have like huge power. And mm-hmm. that's the thing if you're facing Dylan. Like, and that's almost why I put him in with that like small, powerful guy, just to see how he'd react. Mm-hmm. But him facing anybody that's like a volume striker, it doesn't have real one punch knockout power. Their problem is, is that there's going to be a clinch. It's, a, it's unavoidable. Mm. And then Dylan has really good takedowns. But, like I said, he's a, he's a rare breed of modern-day MMA fighter that he could literally throw guard. He could just sit down yeah. on the ground. Well, he wants to box this kid. You, oh, just pure boxing? Just boxing. Ah, okay. You, you're not a stand-up fighter. I'm all not right, a stand-up fighter. All right, let's, pure boxing. Let's go and box. Because actually, yeah. he's a wrestler as well, Jake Paul. Yeah, he was, he was a wrestler Amateur school. wrestler, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, in pure boxing, I just think it would be... It'd probably be pretty ugly to fight. <laughs> I don't know if I'd buy the pay per view. Um, in, in in terms of MMA, I don't know what the guy's grappling is like, but I would bet my oh, house yeah. that he'd be submitted in less than without a doubt, mate. Completely agree with you. I just wanted to put that here because this Boxing, is being yeah. talked about a lot on YouTube lately. Yeah, it's not a bad little contest there. No, they're, they're decent. This is his first ever fight, sort of yeah, stuff. We put we put this on on YouTube. Did pretty good numbers considering. It's it was fun. It's interesting with people like Dylan. I often wonder um, if they have like a different kind of feel for the body, or like almost like they can feel your joints, or they can feel something different. Like, because sometimes when you watch him, it almost like he's trying to work out a Rubik's cube, like right. where he's gonna right. work it. Yeah, um, and like he's trying to click something into place, and he knows from that point he's got you. 
Do you do you ever watch someone and just see this intuition for not being able to break a bone, but uh, you know, being able to twist something or make? Yeah, I'm, I'm always cautious of like putting it down to intuition or talent yeah. if I know the backstory. Yeah. Like I said, his backstory is is four or five hours grappling every day for ten years. Yeah, that's going to give you levels yeah. of intuition. So he just he just he's a very good grappler. Right, he's a very good grappler. He's you you know you've a neck, you've two arms, you've two legs. He's been in. There's not really any position you're going to show him that he hasn't had hundreds of hours of experience of like okay when I'm usually in that position this technique is open mm-hmm. and he's just so good at so many moves whereas sometimes you maybe you roll with someone um, and you say alright this guy's got really good leg locks let's just avoid that and then you're kind of okay mm-hmm. with Dylan he's just so good at everything mm-hmm. you know he's got great arm arm, arm locks he's got phenomenal guillotine um, leg locks are just ridiculous um, he can take the back. He's good on his off his back. Just a really top of the. I'll, I'll steal a Joe Rogan. A really top of the food chain oh, like <laughs> grappler. A black belt who taps other yeah. black belts. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah just uh, he's a re, uh, you know as a, someone who's kind of more drawn to the grappling aspects of MMA than, than striking. Um, just suits my personality. I just love watching him move. You know, just gorgeous grappling. Mm. Out of um, out of other than your own fighters, when you watch MMA. Uh, who is it who you probably choose to watch the most? Um, I always, um, I'm always excited to see Rani Yaya, um, a lighter bantamweight, uh, UFC bantamweight, because he's a Hickson black belt. Mm-hmm. So we're always like, is he going to do something? Um, Hickson's son being signed by and the Hickson, UFC. Hickson, yeah, uh, Crown Gracie, yeah. yeah uh, I love watching his fights. Yeah. Um, you know, like Hickson is, if you're a jiu-jitsu guy and you've been doing it for a, a decade or two, Hickson is basically, you know, your superhero. <laughs> so at any any opportunity you have to either see him directly mm-hmm. or at least someone who's only one removed, someone like uh, Yaya or obviously Crone mm-hmm. even more so, um, you can't help but the, the hairs in your neck stand up and this is it. what am I going to pick up? Am I going to pick up a, a new way of holding the guard or has he got like, you know, a way of taking the back? And, um, They're the so, royal family, aren't they, basically? Yeah. Um, what about uh, John Jones versus Gustafsson? Have you got any thoughts on that? That's a big fight coming That's up. That's a huge fight. Huge fight. I'm very I'm excited, excited about that. that. Very excited about how that. Because how is John Jones going to come back? That's a thing. It's, With it's, drug testing. Right. <laughs> Do you right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 Um, but just looking at that, you know, uh, from a competitive and technical point of view, it's it, those two are a great matchup. Yeah. A really great matchup. They're the matchup. Diaz Connor of that division. I think they? so. I yeah. think so. It's, it's the only matchup I, I, I can think of for John Jones where you're, you're genuinely thinking he's going to, you could lose. Yeah. There's a really good chance he could lose this. In fact, I, if you were, again, gun to my head, I would put my money on Gustafsson to win. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I think Gustafsson wins that fight. He did. Well, the thing is, with, with John, I felt, I mean, who knows what was going on behind closed doors. I know he tested positive for something at the end of the day. Uh, but when he didn't test positive since he saw that came in, it was the OSP fight, and he wasn't his best showing. Um, and Gustafsson's looked really good lately. It's just, yeah. If he comes back and cleans out Gustafsson, I've just got to give it up to him. Like, uh, that would be unbelievable. Uh, I would agree with you. Yeah. And I do wonder, like, because he was going through the competition so what appeared to be effortlessly mm-hmm. did he just grow kind of tired of it was it just like how was his how were how were his team or again i won't say his coaches or his team how was he motivating himself to go to yeah. the gym every day and do the hard rounds do the tough sparring the tough grappling putting yourself in tough situations when he was when he was apparently able just to step outside the matrix and just 
catch bullets. Yeah, it does, it does feel like the the only way to make him appreciate those amazing skills that he's just gifted with is to take the game away from him to be able right. to play it with them. So maybe now we'll finally get a John Jones like at his peak, hopefully. Yeah, and I think partly because of that, because you know he's he's, he's back doing what he seems to enjoy and partly because he's already faced Gustafsson uh, and knows he's no joke oh, yeah. knows he's not able just to run through him he's, he's facing someone who can who can beat him so is that getting him up in the morning is he fired up it's um, um, that's one of my that's one of the fights this year I'm really looking forward to do you enjoy that um, the second time around you know a fighter fighting someone again definitely. different kind of fight isn't it definitely I, I just think they they've felt each other and it's always interesting to see are they going to come in with a similar game plan or do they change things around um, and it just makes for a better contest sometimes it sounds, sounds kind of silly like but like wrestlers um, when I, I competed a bit in wrestling and jujitsu and stuff and when, when I was wrestlers would say they didn't care they would actually warm up with someone they knew they were going to compete with because they were like there's no like secret moves like but it sometimes would make the match a little bit better because mm-hmm. you kind of there's that awkwardness of is gone. Like there's a bit of a flow. A bit that of one's a, almost gone. Right. Yeah. 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 There's a bit of a fluidity to it. I used to actually think. I wonder what it'd be like if if the two guys could warm up backstage mm. and then go out. Um, like I'm sure, say you know, like in WWE, they're wrestling. They, you know, they would kind of practice their moves backstage so they had that sort of flow and fluidity mm. Mm. when you step in there. And I think almost thinking MMA that'd be a good thing to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, so didn't when, Eddie, Eddie Alvarez actually warm up? Next to Conor McGregor, for the, they were fighting the same night once, weren't they? Correct. The the, the Poirier fight. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that was a that was a funny one. Do you ever feel under pressure as a coach to repeat the success with Conor? Do you ever like have those worries of, oh God, like I, I need to find the next guy and build him up? And is that really a pressure that you put um, on yourself? Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, like I, I like if if uh, I should actually look up now. I wonder did Lee Hammond win that? But if he did, that would be the third. Can, can we get, can we get, can we get on that live reaction? Me <laughs> crying here yeah. if he hasn't. Oh, if he hasn't. <laughs> um, but that'll be the that'll be the fourth world champion that I've trained. Wow, three amateur and one one, mm-hmm. one professional. So we've had, I think, decent repeatability. Mm-hmm. He won split decision. Fucking yes. A <laughs> <laughs> win's a win, then, man. Yeah, really happy with that. Yeah. Really happy. With that. That's brilliant. That's great news. That's great news. I like that. So. Um, the Ugani's got the flag. Deadly, deadly. That's freaking great. That's great. Yeah, he joined in our kids' classes. Yeah. As a, I think he's 12 or 13 or something, very young kid. And to see him go through that, come into the teens, then come over into the to the senior senior classes. And uh, he's had a tough year, so uh, so for him to go out there and, and win that world title is, is huge. So that's that's now our third uh, amateur world champion, and then obviously Connor is professional world champion. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm happy that we do have repeatability in our, in our, um, in our, our training methods are, are producing good results because it would be that way if I just none of my rest of my team could get a win, but I have this absolute rock star. Mm-hmm. Then you think, well, um, you know, it's a, that's just a one-off. It was, it was a fluke, if you want yeah. to say. But um, you, you want, I suppose, the I guess people like Greg Jackson um, and people like that, they have that reputation, of, right? They produce. Like of a team of yeah, killers. they're 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 the peers I'm I'm chasing, that I'm looking up to, mm. that they just have, fun to obviously have great training methods, that so they just seem to have a a um, what am I trying to say? Like they just produce some great fighter after great fighter. Mm-hmm. So I, I I would working hard to get 
one percent of, of their reputation to do something similar I think managed in Europe. That, to be fair, yeah. <laughs> already. Um, have you got any more questions? I've got well, one I more. Ki- I was kind of wondering about how you um, cultivate uh, your own training methods and how you progress them. Because I know you're, you know, you say you're watching a fight, you're picking up a little bit, you're picking up a little bit. But when you're in it, the daily grind, that bubble of always being around different fighters and always, you know, maybe you're in a, a six week or an eight week, however long the camp is, how do you? take your own methods forward whilst also trying to take someone else's forward um yeah i i i have made changes as the years have gone on and um it's a grind sometimes though isn't it stick to it you know that right. that, that it's, it's just showing up daily like i said i've had it's, it's almost comical like i can see the kid walking into my gym and he's got he's got like a cheap suit on or something. i'm your next mcgregor like you know and it's like oh, okay okay have you had that happen oh loads fucking hell loads really? loads he's loads, loads of, of cheap suits no, I've trained. I've trained in an MMA gym before, and what I quickly realised was that uh, I, I don't want to say this in a nasty way because there's nothing wrong with people having dreams. But sometimes you meet dreamers who are never going to realise those dreams, and is it up to you sometimes to break that reality to them a little bit and be like, "How oh, am it? Do you know what I mean? This isn't this isn't for you, pal." Um. So, you know. Why would you say that? You you would say that if the person... So, like, I have a very... I, again, obviously, Connor's the biggest name in my gym, so I, I can use him when I'm speaking to a fighter. I have a very clear roadmap now of what you have to do in order to become very high level. Mm. So I can actually show them, look, you've got to do this amount of training. This is the routine that Connor and, and, and our other guys who have done well have followed. So follow that roadmap. Now, day week one... They're all in, you know, two sessions a day. And then you start seeing them drifting away a bit. So in six months' time, and I hear them in the gym, they're still talking about they're going to get that world title. I can pull them aside and say, well, your, your, your actions are not matching your words because mm-hmm. you're saying what you're going to do, but you're not following the map. You're not following the recipe, if you want, in order to achieve the results. So that's fine if you want to just do that, if you're just a bit of a dreamer. But I'm telling you that you, you, that real, you're never going to realize those dreams because your actions don't match. Your, your intent doesn't match your, your mm. verbosity, if you want to say. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I will pull people up. Now, as long as they're training, as long as they're making the sessions, as long as they're, I will keep supporting them because you never know when a break is going to happen. Mm. And, and it's, a, it's a physical activity that your skills do improve. You mm. keep put yourself into the environment that I've done my best to create and I've seen guys that have gone from being really really poor level to you know doing very well in a short enough period of time but yeah it's going to be daily training for a 10 year period and then with a little bit of luck and that's something that you know I've I've been I've been lucky enough to work myself into a position that probably my guys now have a few opportunities that you know Connor's generation of fighters out of my gym didn't have because now I do have the contacts I'm very you know I'm pretty well respected in Bellator and UFC and I've got good managers and I've got sponsors and you know I can get my guys even silly things like known the right doctors to get medicals done and stuff like that mm-hmm. so I can make kind of those things happen in the background that people don't really see I can make those things happen a lot easier now than, than I could have before so yeah they do the training part and I'll, I'll try and make the rest happen as long as they do the training part do you think there's something about being Irish which makes you a good fighter? Not you specifically, but Ireland's nation. It's very racist. Yeah, <laughs> he's, a, he's a massive racist. So you've I'm called a, him. I'm out. a huge I'm racist. Finally, so we've him. Yeah. Um, not really. You know, like I've 
uh, me and Connor are both Irish and we've night and day different personalities yeah um, maybe something you know from a small island that was oppressed and stuff like that by you fuckers yeah so uh, again you not know, really he, sorry about that <laughs> yeah he cast the first stone yeah, if I remember yeah. correctly yeah um, you but, know if, if you have that if you have that kind of mentality and you're kind of against the world and as a coach you see that and you say great I'll, I'll cultivate that because yeah. I always like I've got fighters that are super religious and I've got fighters that are atheists and I'll go to talking to them about God if I have to I I, I there's no levels I won't go to that mm-hmm. I feel that's their little fire you know I had one fighter um, he tells me it was what changed the fight Pedro Carvalho and he, he had a great win here he beat the Bama uh, world champion in a, in a fight in England which which won him a huge contract with Bellator very very happy with that but going into the final round it was probably 1-1 it was the last round and he was really tired he was exhausted but I also know that he is broke and he just had a kid and uh, so it was one of my rare times where I did get fired up in the corner because I felt that that was the right time to do that. And I told him, like, that guy over there is trying to take the money out of your kid, uh, from your kid. He's trying to take food off him. If you don't win this fight, you're not getting the contract. You're going to be broke and you're not going to be able to provide for your kid. And that guy went out there like a demon. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you know, I you, fucking <laughs> love that. Yeah, I fucking love it. That goes one way or the other for some people, yeah. though, isn't it? But, but, I, yeah. but I, because of, again, our trust, he's been mm. with me for a year, daily mm. training, I knew. Yeah. That, that was the he's carrot. A, he's a kind of a passionate guy, whereas if, if he was more like me, I, I, I feel I'm not really that guy. I'm more cold and calculated. Um, that's just my personality. I just don't get fired up. I'd be better saying to him, no, look, watch out for that left hand. You're going to move this side. When that left hand comes, I want you to level change and go, but I didn't bother with any of that kind of stuff because it was just they were, they were in a bit of a dog fight anyway um, so all the technical stuff went, went out, of, out the window because they were both tired and I just felt I had to tap into that mm. in that instant it worked with that fighter because it's fascinating isn't it because one thing that I love about UFC and I've really picked it up from you and watching with you know the group of guys you're, you're a got- self-admitted casual for anyone already commenting that in the because co- that's a dirty word in, yeah, in MMA basically. but you can go fuck yourself whenever you're going to meet <laughs> Um, so <laughs> the point but the point with that is one thing I, I love about the difference between UFC and say modern day football or any of those things is the globalism of it you see in football this almost homogenous style now like all the Brazilians want to come to Europe all the Americans want to get everyone wants to come to Europe to learn the European way and what really strikes me about what UFC has is you got something from South America which is completely unique there's nothing you can find you know you you're taking something from everywhere it seems that must be really interesting for you to come up against all these different cultures like with Connor and Habib that was a culture clash you know what I'm saying in and outside the ring yeah. that must be a, such an amazing especially for a problem solver like you challenge every mm. time you get in the ring absolutely absolutely um, even the style of wrestling those guys bring you know it's different than the American style of wrestling so yeah it's uh, like we said right kind of at the beginning of this interview that um, it's the constant new challenges that have kept me like I still feel every day I go into the gym I still feel like it's day one I still feel I still get that same fire if I'm going to corner you know an amateur making his, his debut on in a, in a sports hall down the road I still mm. feel the same kind of rush and like how's he going to do against this guy which guy is how's this guy moving um, it never it hasn't even begun to grow old for me yet and I've always made myself the promise that the day that comes I would stop coaching because I think you, you have to have that firing and I've seen other coaches get a bit jaded with it all and and you know get to the stage where you just don't really care anymore and and um, I just feel at that stage you've got to be honest with yourself and say okay it's time to try something new it's time mm. to step back and I'm not saying I'll never get to that stage I don't know but beyond I think you have to be honest with yourself and, and you, you, your fighters deserve it 
that was, they're putting the full effort in you should be doing it back do you know do you know like late night when you're about to go to sleep or something because for me my brain comes awake sometimes when i'm supposed to be calming down <laughs> do you ever like yeah that that'll work in this fight like does it ever come to you in like the most annoying moments oh my my girlfriend will will tell you terrible stories of like literally waking her up to say hey, could you hold my hand this way and then i'm, I'm moving <laughs> She's getting, she's getting chucked around. We've been in restaurants where I'll make her stand up from a table and do a single leg on me. And yeah, she she's she's my uh, my uki. She's she's who who I who I because like you said, it will come in at inopportune times. Mm. If it's in the gym, it's great. I'm surrounded by great fighters. I can play with stuff. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you're in a cinema. And come here, let us play with you I in this that. restaurant. I love the idea. They're sitting in a restaurant and suddenly he he gets down on the floor and people, oh my god, he's going to propose. And next thing he's throwing his arm up. People are going, this is beautiful. Oh my god, what is he doing to her? That's horrific. That's terrible. That would be amazing. Can you imagine that? Yeah. It's, it's funny as well because she'll see like we'd be doing something, you know, watch TV or something. And I'll, I'll start looking up and and she go, okay, okay, pause. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Yeah, and then and she's she's quite good at like you know, okay, shoot a shoot a double on me there, and she kind of knows what to do because yeah. I've been using her for the last five. Very years. different to the conversations I have with you, <laughs> yeah, uh, especially shooting on me. That's yeah. normally not the context. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I've had a really good chat today, lads. It's uh, been so insightful, hasn't it? It's been really interesting. I've thoroughly enjoyed this. Mm. I really appreciate you. I'm going to read your book now. I, oh. I didn't get a chance to read it before. So, okay. it's, yeah, it's fancy, We're not fascinating. Learning. Yeah. Um, I've got one last question for you that I'd like to ask people. Um, how would you like to be remembered? Oof. <laughs> I feel like I, I want to do a David Brent speech, you know? <laughs> I don't want to be tanked. I just want to see me and go, I must remember to thank him. <laughs> you have no idea how much you've just gone up in our so We are now. massive Brent fans, I tell you. <laughs> I'm just remember to thank him. It's funny. I'm, I'm meeting Joe Wicks now later on, mm-hmm. and we uh, kind of got to know each other. You know, we met at each other some expos and stuff, and then we 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 twigged that we're both insane David Brent fans. So now, like our whole that's all we do every day. Yeah, it's, like it's, that's all we WhatsApp each other. It's just, yeah. it's just Brentisms. Yeah, and Orla will see me like that, and she's like, "What do you say this time?" I'm like, look, 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 look. He said, "Yeah, she's not that big yeah. a David Brent fan." So have you ever we, thought of doing that? We've made careers out of that. Yeah. what you're doing, that's okay. our job. Have you ever thought of when someone gets into the corner, you know, at the end of the second round, and you just go, "So, oh, awkward. What was the? Oh, you should have knocked him out out there. That's awkward, isn't it? I'd love to see you what? doing that in the corner uh, for a fight against karate." Yeah. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, All right. So. How would you like to be remembered if, there's, if they have to put you on the spot? Is there um, a, I'd like to be remembered as someone who was a good good coach for mixed martial arts and that was was technical and, and helped bring some fighters from beginner level to to uh, world level. Um, I've been able to help some of my guys set up gyms and they're they're doing quite well out of it now. So Hel- that I, that it was helpful to a few people. I like that. Well, well, I like thanks very much. Really yeah. appreciate it. If you want to uh, buy the book, make sure you check the link in the description below. And uh, is there going to be a win or learn two? You reckon? Uh, I I don't know, and I always get asked: Is there going to be an um, oral or what do you say, audio version of it? So I have to get around to doing that at some stage. Yeah, get Connor to read that. That'd be great. Yeah, <laughs> fired up the whole way through. Yeah, exactly. It'd be quite funny. Win um, or learn more. All right. Uh, thanks for watching, and we'll see you later. Cheers. Thank you.